0: Got your ears on is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On Guido here, along with Scoop Bing Bong and Johnson. Are you ready for a 1015 kickoff, Guido? Yes, WVU going bowling in the middle of the night, playing in the guaranteed rate bowl on December. 28th at a 10:15 kickoff time. Uh, I went out, guys, when I heard about this, super excited to went out and uh, bought about six cases of Red Bull because yeah. uh, it's, it's gonna be a tough one to get through. So, Scoot, uh,
1: Scoot, we may need to be Folger soldiers for this
2: game. Um, it's like uh, watching a West Coast team is what we're gonna be yeah. like, we're gonna be like West Coast team fans. That's right, it'll um, be like
1: Pac 12 after dark for us. On I'm going to go out
2: and buy the whole family guaranteed Red Bull t-shirts well i mean obviously obviously i mean why wouldn't you
1: what is guaranteed rate can i just be honest and i don't is it like loan is it like quick and i think it's a mortgage or, company yeah or okay yeah All it's right. like a mortgage
0: company or something. so this is a very similar to that what was a 2016 uh well it was 2015 year but the, i think we played it in january that cactus bowl yeah against the sun devils has it been that, that long a, it's the
2: same bowl yeah,
0: it's the same oh, is it the same ball? It is the same ball. So. I didn't
1: know it had been that long though. 2015,
0: 2016. That was uh Skylar Howard.
1: Skyler's last uh game, I think, right? Yeah, Skylar
0: and Shaq Petaway or the MVPs of Yeah, combo Shaq MVPs Petaway. Remember Shaq Petaway, Scoot?
1: That was uh that was actually a super fun game. They remember yeah, like, uh, re- like remember, remember no 530 one... yards
2: or something Yeah, that like no Howard
0: no did. one played any defense. Yes. Final final score of that game forty three to forty two. And it ended at like two fifteen AM East Coast Mm. time. Well, and I think it was a Todd Graham.
1: I I think it was a Todd Graham coached Sun Devils team, right? Remember he was at Pitt, yes. then he went yep. Then he went yep. there abruptly. and So that was kind of nice to beat a, something related to Pitt.
0: Yeah, so we're back in a bowl game, guys, that is on the other side of the country. Uh, but we're playing Minnesota, and uh, I don't know much about the Golden Gophers. I know they've won a couple of games. They beat Wisconsin to finish this season. I think most importantly, or what stood out to me when I looked at it real quick, guys, uh, they pretty much trounced Maryland halfway through their season. Uh, so makes me makes me a little nervous. Johnson. They're coached by uh,
2: Bella Fleck. Is that right?
0: <laughs> PJ PJ Fleck. PJ Be-J Fleck. Bella? Bella, Bella. Bella. Fleck plays uh, the banjo. PJ Fleck coaches uh, coaches football. I That's think
2: cool. Bella Fleck opens for Dave Matthews often. Well, yes, I,
1: know, <laughs> I Well, I do know you're a big DMB fan, so. Um, yeah, I mean, the Gophers were eight and four Guido. They did beat Maryland in October. I think most notably they beat Wisconsin here to finish out the season. Otherwise, when you kind of just what I recall scrolling through their schedule, I mean, not to take anything away from them. Eight wins in a Big Ten schedule is, is I would take it right. But they kind of any one of note they played. I feel like they got they got kind of worked over a little bit. Um, but they beat kind of beat the people they were supposed to beat. I think Maryland fell into that, that category. Wisconsin
2: game. Wisconsin was pretty good this season. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how I think Iowa backed into the game against Michigan this weekend because of that Wisconsin loss. So the Big Ten was kind of a mess. Gophers were they finished third in the West, which I don't know if that used to be the leaders or Legends. Remember, it was like legends and leaders, and then everyone made fun of them, and it's now... (laughs) So I think, you know, anyway, uh, Minnesota was third. They finished third in the Big Ten West, eight and four um and there really isn't other than that maryland game guido i don't think there's a whole lot of overlap you know anywhere else to to do a comparison so it's kind of an
0: unknown quantity really yeah we'll spend some time looking at it here in the next couple of weeks and break it down for us before we get into the game and we'll talk bowl season because i mean there's some interesting i mean i you know this 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 college football playoff is going to be interesting this year uh you know I, i'd like to see michigan georgia alabama cincinnati we'll see what happens um poor cincinnati i think is uh in for a and uh, they're cruising for a bruising, as Scoot would say. That's right. Uh, so we'll, we'll break that down <laughs> as we get into bowl season. Uh, I do want to talk a little WVU football, though, as we fire up into bowl season. Neil Brown came out today uh, and did a quick uh, you know, press release saying he's not sure who's going to opt out, but there will probably be some opt-outs for the bowl game, and those names will be coming out over the next couple of weeks. A couple of names we do know, Johnson, Vandarius Cowan. Uh, has decided to enter the transfer portal. Kind of a big letdown uh, for WVU. You know, Spot last year, you know, he, he there was some glimmer of hope when you saw him in the 2020 season. This year, it just never clicked for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I it's kind of sad, really, that story. Because if you recall, when he came to us transferring in from Alabama, everyone was super excited. And I think he himself, unfortunately, went through a lot of injury um, you know, he had like two injury plague seasons this season. He actually, I, I believe if I'm remembering correctly, played the most, um, disappointingly, he had probably the most targeting targeting call Boneheaded, I've seen yeah, maybe. against yeah. Kansas state. That kind of is how he ended his season. So yeah, Vandarius Cowan, um, departing. We also got an announcement from Parker Moore Guido that, um, he was announcing he's leaving as well.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I, and again, you kind of expect Scooty this time of year. You're going to see guys come in. I mean, we've we've picked up a couple of guys off the transfer portal. We've lost a couple of guys to the transfer portal. Nothing that, I guess, in my mind has been super earth-shattering.
2: Well, what, what's concerning for me, it's not so much who's leaving and, and um, why they're leaving. It's more like when they're leaving, right? So the fact that these guys have decided to leave without trying to finish the season out and I get it. The early bird maybe gets the worm. Uh, you get your name out in the transfer portal. Maybe it helps you uh, get picked up sooner rather than later. And I don't know. Maybe there is some um, uh, academic, I, I dare I say, there might be some sort of academic ramifications as to when you put your name in the transfer portal if you're trying to get to a school for the spring semester. Maybe you have to look at doing this before you get to the bowl game but um I, I look i don't know if you're a if you're a coach looking at a guy do you um yeah. do you say man i'd love to get Vandarius Cowan i know that uh he took the last 2 weeks off you know from his regular season is that the kind of guy you know do you, is that in the back of a coach's mind or is he thinking well it was just a bad situation for him i'm going to take this kid at his word for me It's not, I don't know if there's like an indictment on somebody's character, depending on when they declare for the transfer portal. Obviously, each situation is uh, different, but uh, it's something of concern for me. I I think I would want to get to the bottom of why somebody decided to not finish their season out and declare.
0: Yeah, I mean, I always think it's, you know, uh, Johnson, you could chime in on this, but I always think there's, there's always a tale to the story they didn't. They didn't connect with their coaching staff. There were issues. You know, when you have 80-some-odd guys in a locker room, there are going to be guys that are unhappy. And I guess... What I'm trying to say is I don't necessarily think it's program-based. It's not like we're seeing this, you know, mass exodus. I think there's still a lot of guys who are sticking with it. We're seeing some big names and guys from Syracuse and Clemson come to the program. So, I mean, time will tell at this point. I do think that the bowl game is going to be super important. And who opts in and opts out for this bowl game will be also pretty telling. Well, Scoop, back to your Back to
1: your point that you were saying, I know for coaching, like, so all of this stuff lately, I don't know if it's so much for the transfer portal, but I know the NCAA sort of causes a lot of this chaos because of their... Um, their scheduling of dates, like when recruiting can open up and stuff like that. So you see some of this weird, like Brian Kelly and, you know, Lincoln Riley and stuff, I think because teams don't feel schools don't feel like they can wait, you know, it like, and that's like right. if you, if you I, I wait, thought of
2: that, December 15th is what the signing date.
1: Yeah. So like you, if, if you're waiting around, you know, then when you finally get a guy in place, he really has no time left to recruit which I think is so silly, isn't it? I mean, why wouldn't they adjust those dates? But anyway, for for the for the transfer portal, it almost seems like every person that enters the portal has some kind of <laughs> Guido, it feels like a backstory to each one of those guys. And yeah. and someone that I think did so you know, not that it's not significant, because I think every movement, you know, you can always sort of subjectively build a case for how how impactful that is. I, I think, you know, it's too bad we can't get Van Darius Cowan at his best and and have him playing with us. I think Parker Moore, you know, lost his job. I think we to uh, Zach Fraser maybe who's. Uh, White Milam, uh, White Milam, that's right. But those guys are having a great, you know, they're having loads of playing time now. So he's probably thinking, I, you know, I want to go somewhere else where I, where I can get more time. So in my mind, those, those all fall into place. One that opened my eyes that we texted about a little bit earlier this week was Sam Brown, um, yeah. leaving the receiver core. You know, we had been talking about. Next year, we were really thinking the receiver core continues to, you know, that unit's now been together a bit, um, got a bunch of games under their belt, probably going to be a strong part of our offense, strong unit on the team next year. So that one caught me a little bit by surprise. I mean, best of luck to him wherever he goes, but Um, But that one was that one was a bit surprising.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it was surprising, but I think also in some ways, maybe it wasn't in the fact that I think because so many of the guys are staying around because you've got Bryce Ford Wheaton, because you're still going to have Winston Wright. You've seen Prather grow a lot this season. Maybe Sam Brown looked at it and said, mine, I might not see the field much next year at WVU. I better look somewhere else. And I think that's what you see a lot now in college sports and, and like scooty said you know when the transfer these guys want to get to their school they want to get some credits in they want to get ready for spring practices so go as early as you can you know so and maybe
2: the, i would say the prather uh emergence is probably what pushed sam Brown. yeah that's right? an because
1: excellent prather, point yeah that's a great Prather point. hadn't
2: played all that much the first half of the season and
1: he's really blossomed here lately right yeah, yeah.
0: So um, other things that happened WVU football-wise, uh, one big thing is Big 12 announced uh, their all-conference teams. Uh, congratulations to Dante Stills, first-team defense all-conference for WVU. Zach Frazier, second-team, or whatever they call it. And then there were uh, a bunch of, bunch of honorable mentions. uh a, Anything in there, Johnson, that stood out to you? I mean, we kind of knew Dante was going to be first team. He kind of deserved to be first team. Uh, I was kind of surprised Zach Frazier didn't get that first team nod.
1: I was too, and I thought there were some other, like, uh, you know – Chandler Semedo actually tweeted out after this came out, like a like a shake my head tweet. And I think there were some other guys like that. You know, we had such a strong defensive line. I thought maybe some of those names would uh, would pop up. And then I I also thought maybe Casey Leg for one thing, um would would get a mention. We didn't see him. I think Dicker the kicker was first team. I think uh maybe Austin McNamara the kid from Texas Tech who both are deserving. Don't get me wrong, but I thought Casey Leg with. With his, uh, with his performance this season Might might pop up on that but team But in
0: good news, I mean a lot of honorable mentions In that list for WVU uh, Including Letty Brown and Josh Chandler-Samedo, Bryce Ford Wheaton uh, Was in there um, And Winston Wright from the receiving core So you see two of those receivers Again, you know, sticking around next season So um, that's a good thing, including and another one, Wyatt Milam uh, got an honorable mention as well. So that's kind of awesome to see, again, true freshmen really sort of, you know, blossoming in that role on the offensive line. And, and I keep we keep saying it, you know, I think there's a lot of issues on the offensive line that we saw this year. But that, as that group plays together more, I think, and continues to grow, it could be, you know, the sky's the limit for them. I mean, you got to think next year uh, you got the oldest guy on that offensive line I think is a junior, you know? So yeah. Um it'll be it'll be interesting. And you got guys like Zach Frazier, uh, who technically could have take he could take his free year and this year could have been his true freshman year. So you never know how long these guys are gonna stick around as well. Another thing that happened this week, a lot of lot of WVU football stuff happened this week. The 2022 schedule came out. And have to tell you, Kansas week two kind of threw me off a little bit, Scooty. It's weird.
2: Um uh I don't know. I don't know why they would throw a, a a conference game so early in the schedule. We're not used to seeing that. We usually see the three non-conference first, and then um, the conference stuff. The SEC does it kind of weird. Like they'll they'll play a lot of uh, conference games, and then they'll throw in their like FCS, you know, Alcorn State, yeah, or somebody like week weird.
1: nine or
2: something. Yeah, yeah. And you're kind of like, what are you doing? Like it's almost like a weird bye week with with uniforms on. Yeah, or something.
1: no, I know. And Guido, this is, I know this has happened before, like over the years and schedules, but I had the same reaction like that week two. That's just so weird. Now, thankfully it's Kansas. I mean, yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, I I think Kansas is improving, and it makes me a, a bit nervous to be well. Every every game, look, every game makes me nervous <laughs> if I'm being honest. But I think at least it's it's Kansas. I mean, you go Kansas Towson in between Pitt and Virginia Tech, so maybe you get a bit of a respite, you know, in between two big emotional games. I don't know, and then you're right into the the meat of the Big Twelve with Texas and Baylor. But I I think it is a little bit of an odd curveball. But I think. Uh, you know, no one's going to be thinking about that. Everyone's got September third circled, and they're ready for that game. Uh, I know I'm ready for it, so it's it's going to be a fun opener. I hope it's a fun opener. It's going to be an emotional opener, if nothing else.
0: I'm I'm excited to see us pack Heinz Field uh, with a bunch of WVU fans, which I think will. Will likely happen. Uh, you know, if you get a chance, check out our buddy Jake Lance uh, from Smokymusket.com. wrote his super early uh, predictions for next season. He has Scooty. He has West Virginia winning eight games next season in his uh, in his predictions.
2: That is strong.
0: I mean, he's listen. He's a confident man. Jake Lance, he's a confident man. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens, uh, but he does have us starting off four and zero against Pitt, Kansas, Towson, and Virginia Tech. So, which I, I you know, is not unrealistic. Uh, Pitt, I'm a little. I got to tell you, this might be the first time in a long time. I mean, that I'm nervous about
1: Pitt. No, Jake has us losing to Virginia Tech actually. So he he's got oh, a does yeah he? he's got a three and one star. Oh, okay,
2: I think. We're more likely to beat Virginia Tech than we are Pitt.
1: Well, now keep in now keep in mind. I don't think you're going to have uh, Kenny Pickett back next he'll year. Be, now, no, he'll be gone. Now that's not to say they. I mean, they just won the ACC championship. He'll credit to the, them.
2: He'll be the first quarterback taken maybe in the draft. I'm behind, sure they have or other more behind Matt Corral, other weapons. But I mean, at least
1: at least we kind of dodge that bullet because that's scary if you, if you have to face him. I think <laughs> right. he's genuinely good. Um, and then you know. Virginia Tech, even though Jake's picking a loss, I think more because you're trying to go into Blacksburg and get a win. That's just, that's just tough, admittedly. Um, but I think with them starting over, you know, they're resetting with a new coach. Um, I'm I'm holding out some hope there's enough chaos there that we can we can steal one away Yeah. Game.
0: So we'll see what happens. Check out Jake Lance at smokymusket.com uh for that article. One last WVU football thing guys. Uh I know we had talked about it on the on the show and Scooty had brought it up too. Uh, Jordan Leslie interviewed for the Troy job and so there were a lot of us that thought maybe he would end up there but uh ends up not getting the position and stays at WVU Scoot.
2: Yeah, um I, to be honest, I thought he was going to be chosen. Uh, they've opted to go with uh, Neil Brown's old offensive coordinator, um, uh, the, whose name escapes me.
0: But John Sumroll. Sumrall? Sumrall? Sumrall?
2: Not related to Pat. No, um, no. Spelled differently, I think. Yes, but he um, is a big reason why I think Neil Brown had success at Troy. Is is what I believe. Yeah.
0: So, uh, but happy to see Jordan Leslie stay around. I mean, I think again that that helps WVU keeping that coaching staff together. Only good things can happen from that for WVU. Let's say. All right, guys. Let's t- let's take a take a break from football this week now and move over to basketball here in segment one. And uh, WVU plays two games this week against Bellarmine and Radford and kind of destroys both teams, beating Bellarmine seventy four to fifty five and uh, beating Radford sixty. Seven to fifty-one, Johnson. I think there's, the, you know, it's the tale of two games in a lot of ways. And I, I, I'll tell you this: I think WVU, you know, handled Bellarmine pretty good. Struggled at the beginning of that game, but was able to kind of kick things into gear. Uh, where I think the difference with the Radford game is, I think I've and I, I I've never seen Huggins do this this much. He took the pedal off of uh the gas like he was like put it in neutral let's coast for a little (laughs) bit Uh, I don't want to and I you know and I I tweeted to or I sent out to you guys on the text machine like I feel like he didn't want to beat Darius Nichols that bad yeah well it kind of felt like that didn't it yeah it it really I mean come on you at one point I'm watching the game at one point I look up and you've got Taj Thweet um Seth Wilson and uh Oconquo all on the court at the same time. And this is and there were yeah. still like seven minutes and left Seth in the Wilson game.
2: had what? Seventeen minutes, fourteen minutes? I mean yeah, he played yeah. significant yeah. minutes.
1: Played significant time. Well, I think going into Bellerman, Bellermine. I, I think Bellarmine. I Bellarmine. Okay. Well, they I I had um developed a high anxiety going into this game, right? Because Tony Caridi tweeted out a YouTube video that kind of detailed the Bellarmine story. They run this offense, where they they try to run this offense where they get a ratio of one pass per dribble, so a one-to-one dribble pass ratio, and so I had worked myself into a mental frenzy that I was going to sit down that evening and just be, like, <laughs> tortured into, because, you know, we were coming off East, Eastern Kentucky shooting the lights out from three, right? So right. I pictured this like eastern kentucky clone shooting lights out from the outside and masterfully passing the ball scoot none of that really happened to be honest probably credit to our defense and pressure really um but they weren't able to get that going and i thought that game went um you know really kind of went par for the course i I don't think that was ever in danger one thing i noted was i thought paulie polycap continues to give such good energy when he when he comes into the game. I, I just continue to like that guy. I think he had a he had a kind of a crowd. You know, kind of got the crowd going on a dunk at one point. So anyway, I thought you know those contributions were were super in the in the Bellarmine game against Radford. I thought unfortunately, I I mean I I love Darius Nichols, right? He's one of my favorite ever uh, Mountaineers. Certainly one of my favorite ever point guards. I think he's got his work cut out for him scoot at Radford because they are just simply not good. And like Guido said, it gave hugs sort of like the ability. I think at one point he subbed in five, like he got frustrated <laughs> yeah. with the starting five and he was like, Hey, guess what? Line change. Yeah, you right. know, he just subbed five new guys in like the guy selling hot dogs came in for <laughs> a little bit. So, you know, I think he was able to do that and and probably, you know, really, See who wanted to be on the court. Hugs has been saying lately, and, and Guido, you're probably gonna mention it with a conquo. He kinda had a, a quote earlier, you know, after the game, like, hey, yeah, you know, and you know what? Some of these big guys that are getting minutes, maybe they don't get minutes anymore if they don't put the work in, you know, kinda like putting them on notice with a conquo's play. So I I thought that was just really
2: interesting. Here's my issue with with some of this having coached, um, obviously not college basketball, but coached uh Basketball, uh, high school basketball, middle school basketball, and I coached high school soccer. Having having done that, when you play a team where you are so much superior to the other team, a um, couple things can happen. One, guys can start to pick up bad habits or or drop back into bad habits um, because they're not being challenged and their focus isn't as strong. Um, kind of play into the level, right. maybe. Another a little... issue you might have is that um, you then take into your next game after that. Hey, we just crushed this team and we were we were going at about 50%. And you're not playing that same team the next game. You're playing one that's right. much better. And so, my concern being knowing those two things is we play UConn next. That's like we we just went from playing a middle school basketball team to playing a college team is kind of what the difference yeah. is gonna be like. And that's right. a concern. Yep. And for me, I get it, you're trying to get guys time, you're trying to sort things out and see who's gonna give effort and who's gonna rotate well with other people and who's playing good defense. But are you really getting ready for Yukon? Yeah, right, right.
0: Well, and here's but here's where I'll go against you, Scoot. And I think that this is this is what makes Bob Huggins such a great coach, a Hall of Fame coach if you will. Everything he does and says is for a reason. He is 100% like pointed every time on what he says and like so the Okonkwo thing that Johnson was talking about. Okonkwo plays uh I don't know what. 5 minutes, he gets two rebounds I think in there. He's he's got, you know, he's got two points, an awesome dunk. Uh the Coliseum went crazy for it all. He comes out after the game and he talks about well, if Conkwo can rebound and score, then other guys are going to get fired. is pretty much what he said, you know. And I, well, they, well yeah. I, but I think that, and you know, you're fired, you fired. I think that that's, uh, I think that's his way of trying to light a fire underneath of some of these guys who were probably. Kind of coasting out there against you know that Radford team because they knew it was Radford, and so yeah, I don't doubt it. He's got to figure out a way to get them ready for this game against UConn because UConn is a is going to be is a juggernaut of a team coming in. They are definitely looking better, looking. Uh, playing better than we're playing right now. So he's got to do something to get us ready for that. Yeah,
1: and Scoot, I have to think that UConn right now is watching film and saying like, okay, let's stop this Taz Sherman guy. I don't know who this guy is, but he averages 25 a game. He comes in. they're saying – Now, Sean Sean McNeil didn't play in this game, so it probably magnified it, but like Taz Sherman's the only one getting up shots even. Not only is he the only one scoring it, not – I mean, if you look down the box score, Scoot, from Radford, like Jalen – uh, caught, you know, Kattrell, Kedrian, Kobe started. I mean, they all took two, four, three attempts. I mean, they're not even really getting up shots. Taz has twenty-seven points, so it's it's kind of a weird. It's, there it's, certainly isn't any balance. So if right you're now. a coach
2: and you're going to be coaching against WVU, I think there's two different mindsets. There's one that's either we stop Taz Sherman and we beat this team, or we let Taz Sherman score and we if we can stop everybody else. Tash Sherman can't beat us by himself,
0: right? That's true. Yeah, that's true. And so,
2: I, yeah, that's a good
1: that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, he can score
2: thirty points, but then right, if the other guys can't do, you, do anything, then yeah, big whoop. You don't need to worry about. It.
1: And I'm not saying they can't, but Guido, it's an odd dichotomy of play right now. What's going like, to hurt
2: us is our size, right? So when we play these, yeah, teams, it's it's weird. UConn's got uh, several guys six nine or taller. They're they are tall, and, and I think we are not now. I say that if we can get Okonkwo into a rotation, if we can get Senyengi, who's starting to see more time, and Huggins has been very uh, uh, eff- effusive. Is that a good word? I don't even know if that's a word. Yeah, wow. um, I like it. He's been yeah, very like effusive. It. That's good. I your dictionaries you. out.
1: Sque- Guido, hold on. Let's appreciate it. Let's appreciate it. for
2: effusive. Thank you. Skewed, that was, that was good. Uh, Huggins has been very effusive about Senyengi lately, saying that he's been putting in the time. Sen- Listen. Uh, I'll take... Senny's big, Scoot. Yeah, I'll, Senny's a dude. I'll take like Senny's uh, a dude uh, 10 minutes there. of Senny Njai at 6'10", 240, or whatever he yeah. is. Yeah, the guy's a dude. We need that size. We need... And he, and he's... Listen, Senny Njai, he's not going out to the perimeter to shoot. If he does, he's coming right back out. So he's going to be in the paint, at least taking up some space, maybe altering some shots. I don't think he's a big-time shot blocker, but if he can just stick his long arms up, He's going to make guys have to change their shots.
0: Well, you saw him in Radford. He, he you know, he came in. He played six minutes and during that game in Radford, and he got what four rebounds in six minutes. So, I mean, that's where he needs to be. That's why we need somebody like Cineengai because, like, rebounding wise, like we are, this is that's going to be an issue. And you're and like you said, Scoot, when you have a big team like UConn come in, like they are gonna they are gonna out get us on the boards and especially if they get a lot of offensive rebounds and it that just gets gonna that's what kills you every time. Sanogo
2: for Yukon is the real deal. Yeah. That guy's a six beast nine
0: he's six nine two forty. He's averaging almost sixteen points a game. He's you know averaging over six rebounds a game. So yeah he's he had he's 30 a thirty
2: points in that one uh game in the battle for Atlantis. I mean he's the he's a serious player. Uh we're gonna have our hands f- full with him.
1: Yeah they've beaten they, they've beaten Guido uh, Auburn in double overtime – um, they narrowly lost to Michigan State. They beat Virginia Commonwealth. They, they've got they're eight and one. They've got some quality wins on them.
0: Well, and I think that's the other thing is that they've played some quality. They've played more quality teams, I should say, than we've played. You know, and it's it's got to be really hard for a team after playing a week like this to come and now have to face you know a 17 rank UConn coming into the Coliseum and RJ Cole averaging 17 points a game for them. Uh, so you know that's a really strong UConn. Team. Yeah, I just
1: think the only thing I worry about right now, number one is it, it's gonna it's gonna be s- bad if Sean McNeil can't go. You know, we don't really know. The last I read, back lower um, it's back, an apparent yeah. back injury. Yeah, it doesn't sound terrible, but it was enough to hold him out of this game as a precaution. So hopefully he can go. I would hate to not his have his ability on the court against a just team spasms, like Utah. Maybe, yeah, right, right. But I think at some point, to me, you know, I guess if you're winning, great. But to me, I don't know how. As we progress, you know, and and can and Hugs figures out these lineups, I also think this scoring um, contribution has to has to middle out a bit too, right? I'm sure Taz is going to lead scores on the team, but this felt this game Bellerman, you know, a couple of these games lately, it has just felt like it's all on Taz. Yeah, it's a Taz Sherman a lot show. Of, yeah, I'm
2: going to tell you, we won't win very many games if you look at our points per game and it's tash sherman with 25 and then the next highest guy is at like six or seven right like we're not gonna win games like you almost need a uh a one-two punch a one-two-three punch typically you know the good teams have two guys that are scoring 15 or more and then a third guy that's around 10 to 10 to 15
1: yeah radford uh, so radford box score uh, Taz goes for twenty seven. Paulie Poly Paula Cap, your next highest at sevens in in eight
0: minutes. Yeah, I think though that's that's a hard, but that's a hard one to to, to talk about just because Huggins was throwing everybody out on the court. I mean, we've seen yeah, McNeil true. had yeah. double digits. Curry's had a, 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 a double digit game. I think for me, the bigger concern is is that you know outside of McNeil. You would hope that Jalen Bridges would start to score more because he hasn't been, and that's kind of an issue. If Jay, If JB's only averaging six or eight points a game, that's not going to work for WVU going into conference play. Yeah,
1: and I agree, and he's only getting up like three or four shots a game. That's the other thing. Like, I get it if you have an off night, but he's not getting a whole lot of shots up to begin What beginning. if
2: I tell you, to me, Jalen Bridges right now, and I don't know, I'd have to look, but isn't it odd – that his career path right now at WVU seems to be mirroring Emmett Matthews career path. All right. Couple of good games, couple of games where you don't see him. Couple of good game, like and they're very similar sized guys. I just think there's a lot of similarities between Jalen bridges and Emmett Matthews.
0: Is that because of the way you think he's being used on the court or do you think that's just because of the way he plays?
2: I, you know, I, I think maybe a little of both, obviously I think, um, Maybe it's the way they they rotate that that spot. Now I realize last year Jalen Bridges and Emmett Matthews a lot of times played at the same time, but it just it's odd. It just to me is kind of odd that, and and I'll throw another guy. And I know Johnson doesn't like talking about this because uh, the potential was there. But Issa Ahmad, similar sized guy. So is that a is that a thing where we struggle with those guys that are six seven six eight? Um, fairly lanky in the sense that you know not not really a a power forward per se so a, a perimeter guy uh i don't know it's just kind of odd
1: yeah i mean it is i i'm waiting on jb to to have an explosion here i'm still i'm still in his corner i know guido is cuz he's a polar bear right. but the the other thing i thought was odd did you guys think it was peculiar that like i'm a kobe johnson fan i am but I was still surprised that he got the nod for the start here. Now, again, I know it's Radford. Like, I'm not reading too far into a Radford game. Okay, don't get me wrong. But still, I think a lot of the scoring complement in some of these other games has been Malik Curry. And I'm also a Malik Curly, Curry So, Curly, to me. I'm a Malik Curry fan. So, I think it was odd. I, I thought maybe we'd see Curry in and we got Kobe Johnson.
2: I'm, I'm going to guess maybe that that's a message. Could yeah. be, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that is a coaching message? Like, hey. I don't care that you led Old Dominion last year. I don't care that you had 15 points last game. This guy is working harder than you right now.
1: Yeah. You know what, Scoot? I think you're – Guido, a lot of messages right now a lot of on messages. this basketball
0: team. Well, it'll be interesting because, you know, you've got – you know, Jamil King. You've got Okonkwo. Two guys that probably at the end of the day will redshirt this season. Uh, both of them saw playing time against Radford. Don't be surprised. I guess I'm saying don't be surprised if you don't see those guys on the court again. Maybe one more game between now and New Year, but th- that might be it for them. And you know, and it would probably be wise at, at where this team is development wise. It probably would be a good idea to maybe redshirt those two guys and and get them ready for next season, but. Uh, we'll see what happens. WVU plays Yukon. UConn comes to the Coliseum on Wednesday. That game is at 7 p.m., and it's on the deuce, Scoot. It's on ESPN2. Scoot, how great is that, to have UConn coming back in the Coliseum? It just feels
2: good. Well— Yes, and I wish we could do these types of games all the time, where we're playing Me too some of these. in a conference called well, the Big East. Yes, Could we just yes, maybe do yes. like a little side channel Big East? We'll call our non-conference schedule the Big East, and we'll just play that. Yeah,
0: can we just do that? Yes, it would be it would be great. So. Uh, a couple back-to-back televised games where you don't have to worry about uh, paying to watch it. So you've got uh, Connecticut coming in on Wednesday, of course, and then Kent State plays uh, a very odd Sunday afternoon game, a Sunday four o'clock game on the twelfth. Uh, a getaway, game. A, little getaway yeah, game, a little getaway game, a little getaway game. You know, up against. Need to get away, Scoot. Do you need to get away? Do you really need to get away? Uh, up against uh, NFL football, so let's just put a game on like against NFL football. That game's uh, will either be on ESPN, ESPN two, or ESPNU. The network has not decided yet. Scoot, they are thinking a big about decision it. for them. Yeah, it's yes. a big decision. That West Virginia-Kent State matchup. A couple of other WVU things we should talk about. WVU soccer, Dan Stratford, and the WVU men's soccer finally comes to an end in uh, the Elite Eight against Georgetown on penalty kicks. But a good showing for them, a program that's really turned itself around and is growing quickly, uh, Scooty.
2: Yeah, they um, they kind of... Uh, it's Like I said, I think I said last show, it's so very odd that Marshall is your defending national champion. And then WVU has a pretty good run. And also pretty odd is that WVU's had some really good teams uh, a couple years ago. They've had a couple a couple good teams under Marlon LeBlanc. And I really thought that they would get pretty far along in the NCAA tournament with him. And it it's great that it's happening to a former player uh, in, in Dan Stratford uh, who's – was very successful at the university of Charleston and in his first year here at WVU, uh, first, second year, is this second, a second year, second year, yeah, yeah. second yeah. year, second year at WVU. Um, he's, he's already taking them, uh, to places that they haven't been before. So that's great.
0: Another former Mountaineer Johnson, uh, a little guy we like to call Deuce is uh, kind of owning the G league right now.
1: Yeah, he has been on fire. He's with the Westchester Knicks, um the Knicks G League team. He had a highlight-worthy dunk. Uh we'll add that in the show notes a couple nights ago. And then um just the other night he went for uh 31, 9 and 5 uh in their last game. So I think if you know if there's if there's a way to catch attention and try to propel yourself up out of the G League, he's certainly doing that. I think that. basketball I, I suits him. It. I yeah, think, yes, <laughs> it's fun. It's super fun to watch. It's fun to watch him in a Knicks uniform. Um, so I, you know, we're continuing to root for him.
0: Yeah, it's it's awesome to see him doing so well, and and I hope he has, you know, the G League. Uh, although it's been around for a while, and they've had different names for it, uh, I like the fact that I feel like the NBA is actually starting to promote it more and to use it more like a minor league like the minor league baseball system and hopefully we will see you know guys like Deuce get plucked out of there and get a lot of playing time in New York Scooty yeah i
2: think um It'll be neat, especially with him and Javon in the same city.
0: I think that's pretty neat. Yeah, it'll be it'll be kind of fun to watch. Uh, Pat McAfee donated two million dollars to his uh, high school alma mater in Pittsburgh, Plum High. Uh, it'd be nice to go there. Maybe they get a nice field or something out of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not every day you get a as a high school you get a two million dollar donation. I have to think that helps things <laughs> along, doesn't it? I think Pat's doing well for himself. It sounds like.
2: I yeah. I thought that maybe uh, Johnson, you had donated two million to Milton. High.
1: no i mean number one milton high doesn't exist anymore uh and number two there's the smaller detail of me not having two million
2: dollars oh. to give them oh. if they
1: did exist well so. then
2: you're not as good a of- nice of an alumni as
1: yeah i can't rank of what what pat mcafee's doing for for his alma mater that's for sure
0: speaking of high school alma maters guys my high school alma mater fairmont senior high school wins i know uh you know i I, we could just do a podcast about the polar bears you want to guys want to just stop talking wvu sports and do uh
2: first i need to pee and then throw up well how Thanks, do you Governor. do
0: that
1: so i think I, I think as a 16th seed that is kind of crazy right so Scoot, either someone
2: botched the seeding well they have a really they have a tougher schedule than some of these other double a schools so because of that they had some losses i think they had three losses maybe yeah
0: i think three losses is right and, and they were all against triple a schools i think
2: so because of that and because of their standing or their record i should say They were the 16th seed. I don't know that anyone really felt like they were a true 16th seed, like where they just barely got into the playoffs. So um, I'm not totally surprised. Fairmont senior sports here lately has been very good, whether it be uh, football, boys and girls basketball, boys soccer has been very strong. So uh, Fairmont's done really well athletically here in the last, I'm going to say, 10 years for sure.
0: Yeah, the Polar Bears win three of the last four uh, state championships in AA for uh, football, so... I mean, yeah, you're you're not wrong, Scoody. I mean that that 16 seed was uh, was I think a way of maybe the uh, SSAC ha- making it a little tough for them to get through the playoffs. Maybe that's what it was. All those road games they had to play. I don't know. Uh, so congratulations to them. And uh, hey, if you guys hadn't heard, NCAA has decided they are completely all inclusive and they'll just let in everybody. Like if you if you are bowl eligible, you get a bowl this year because they're just going to add a bowl. So let's just hey Johnson. I'm I, I feel like you know. Let's add a bowl. So that's what they did this year. They added the 42nd uh, bowl to the uh, schedule. Yeah. So
1: the, um, and it's in Texas, scoot. You'll be happy to know that because everything we talk about now is in the state. Like, you know, the state of Texas needed another another bowl, right? It allows, this one though allows Hawaii to get in the mix. Hawaii is six and seven. So technically they have their six wins. but they're, you know, they're going to, uh, they're going to play Memphis. This is probably in the first time
2: that Hawaii has not been invited to their own Hawaii Bowl. So that's probably like crap. that's <laughs> right. Because <laughs> like, right. when was the last time Hawaii played in a bowl not in Hawaii? Well, this allows all.
1: Did you realize this? All 84, so this is the 42nd Bowl, all 84 Bowl eligible teams to play. So I, you uh, know, it's stupid. I know we go all over the place it's with stupid. our opinions on football and stuff, but like, you know, not to sound like cr- cratchety old football fans, but like, in 2021 saying you're bowl eligible is not nearly as big of a high five to the guy beside you as it used to be like 30 years ago right when you said you became bowl eligible i feel like it's a
2: whole different a whole different feeling these days to me it's almost as if the ncaa is saying uh, like somebody's complained and said you know what we would really like that extra four or five weeks of practice like some of these other schools are getting and it's not fair to us that we had six wins and we don't get to have those weeks of practice. So can you do something to help us out? Otherwise we're going to raise a really big fuss that all these other teams and we're being left out. And that's what it feels like. Like it's well, it feels
0: like on Oprah. They're like, you get a bowl and you get a bowl and you get one. Scooty. Hawaii has played in uh, 14 bowl games, 14 bowl games in their school history. Uh, Eleven of which have been the Hawaii Bowl, mm. or no, or, or the Aloha Bowl, or the Oha Bowl, yeah, yeah. a bowl in Hawaii. I will say. So, uh, yeah, they uh, they tend to play in Hawaii a lot. I think that's like, tra- um,
2: like if if Boise State were to only play in like that Boise Blue Turf Bowl or whatever they call it. <laughs>
0: It's absolutely true. Well, listen, guys, let's take a break. We're going to come back with the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast, a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluff. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortech Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to vortechknives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's V-O-R-T-E-K-Knives.com, V-O-R-T-E-K, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday-carry knives. VorTech Knives. everybody. Welcome back to got your ears on Guido here along with scoot and Johnson. And Hey, listen, don't forget, find us on the social medias. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Just look us up. We're at got your ears. You can also search for us on Facebook. Just search got your ears on. Well guys, it's time for the number one game show on a West Virginia university sports podcast. It's a little game. We like to call, bluff the fluffs and we're back this week intern showed up did his job guys he's back on track back on track
2: I still don't have hot coffee so let's just pump the brakes a little bit
0: clone dog if you're listening
1: I never had doubts
2: So that's not what he's saying yeah, that's when what the mic's said. off.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> During the commercial break. Not what full full confidence. Uh anyways, cloney did a good job, wrote a uh, wrote a very fine Bluff the Fluss for you guys this week. Scooty won last week on uh Jarrett Daigie uh trivia. And so now I know my boy. Yeah, Scooty knows his boy, and Scooty right now yeah. has the lead, thirteen games to twelve over Johnson, only a few weeks left. So uh I don't know. I mean, Johnson, you, you better uh you better you know gear up we can do that yeah okay. we can do that we can do that i'm ready let's do this well let's see how you do this week guys because we are doing bluff the fluffs on college bowl games so see what you know about some college bowl game history here all right as always don't forget a correct answer is worth 5 points a steal is worth 10 points and final bluff is worth 25 points before we started we had a complete and total random flip of the coin and Scooty, you get to go first this week. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, he says. All right, here we go. Question one is to you, Scoot. In 1964, West Virginia University and the University of Utah made bowl game history when they did this. Was it A, the first ever bowl game to end in a tie, B, the first bowl game to be played indoors, C, the first bowl game between schools located more than 2,000 miles apart, or D, the first bowl game to be played at
2: night? I'm going to say, I don't know, I'm going to go on a guess and say the uh, first bowl game played indoors.
0: That's a good guess. Scooty gets it right to start off. Uh, Yes, the first ever bowl game to be played indoors was West Virginia University against the University of Utah in 1964, Scoot. Good job.
2: Thank you. I wonder if they played in like a yeah, astrodome is what I was thinking, but I know that that wasn't the right time.
1: No, I was thinking if it was something weird for the time like when we played that basketball game in a ballroom beside a K K&W. You think like a roller <laughs> That's rink. Still one yeah, of my you know,
0: like something weird indoor. <laughs> You're not far off, Johnson. It was at Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City. So it was See? like it was sort of in a non Football arena. Like you throw the ball too high, Scoot, and it hits a rafter or something? It probably did, yes. I would would say hardwood floors. (laughs) Yes. So uh, not too far. By the way, West Virginia uh, lost. That was the Liberty Bowl, by the way. And West Virginia lost that game 32 to 6 against the Utes. So like you two Utes. The Utes. Um, The Utes. All right. So congrats, Scoot. Five points goes to you. Correct answer. And uh, Johnson, this next question is to you. Florida State holds the record for the most consecutive bowl game appearances, which is how many? Is it 23, 26, 31, or 36 consecutive Hmm. bowl game appearances? Consecutive
1: appearances. I'm going to say 23 consecutive bowl games.
0: Sorry, that's incorrect, Scooty, for 10 points in the steal. 26, 31, or 36?
2: I feel 31 is the correct answer.
0: I'm sorry, it is 36 consecutive bowl game appearances. So nobody gets points on that one. All right, here we go. Next one is back to you, Scooty. West Virginia University has played in 38 college football games. What is their overall record? Bowl games? Bowl games. In bowl games, yeah. Is it 20 and 18, 14 and 24, 16 and 22, or 18 and 20?
2: Mm. I am going to say 18 and 20.
0: Sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson for 10 points and the steal. Is it 20 and 18, 14 and 24, or 16 and 22? I'm going to go 16 and 22. That's correct for 10 points and the steal right there. West Virginia is 16-22 and 22 in bowl game appearances uh, overall. So uh, good job. Good job there, buddy. An, un- good job. Unfortunately,
1: we had a streak there with uh, with Coach Nealon where we lost like eight in a row, I think, seven yeah. in a row. from like 87,
0: 87 to 98, we didn't win a bowl game. We finally won. Yeah. 2000, we won the Music City Bowl. That was the first time in like 15 years we had won a Okay, bowl game. right, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. All right. Congrats, Johnson. Ten points. And this next question is back to you. In 1902, the first ever bowl game was played between Stanford and Michigan. What was the name of that bowl? Was it the Weisenheimer Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Coca-Cola Bowl or the Cotton Bowl? Oh.
1: Hmm. Weisenheimer feels like a curveball
2: um that was also your nickname when you were in middle school okay. weisenheimer
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: Weisen- you were a weisenheimer. Yeah, real
1: weisenheimer eh? <laughs> uh i'm gonna go
0: with the rose bowl though guido that's correct the rose bowl in 1902 was the first ever bowl game between stanford and michigan and johnson you get five points there and take a lead 15 to 5 over Scooty. all right scoot this next question is back to you in 1933, the University of Miami and Manhattan College played the f- in the first ever Palm Fiat Festival game, now known as the Orange Bowl. In order to save money on travel, Manhattan College did this: Was it A agreed to spend four days picking oranges for the bowl games organizers? B took a three-day boat ride from Manhattan to Miami? C, sold their school library like the building or d only sent 14 players i feel they took a boat (laughs) that's that's correct they took a three-day boat ride from manhattan to miami to help save money a boat is cheaper than taking a plane i suppose or a bus i guess 1922
2: i mean i would say probably yes yeah
0: 1933 i guess it's 33 I guess a boat would be cheaper. Was it a sailboat? What do you
1: think? What do you think they would say if we said, "Hey, look, your new home base is Morgantown, and this is your new conference"? What do you think they would say?
0: <laughs> Where's uh,
2: Morgantown? What if they said to Neil Brown, "Listen, uh, to be traditionalists, we think it'd be best if you went by wagon and right. horse yeah. <laughs> to Arizona for horse the guaranteed and bu- horse rate. Bowl.
1: And buggy. We're gonna. We need to save some
0: some cash here." Yeah, Wouldn't
2: that be hilarious? Times are <laughs> tight.
0: Like, if it really happened. All right, congratulations, Scooty. Uh, five points gets you 10 now, and uh, you're still down 15 to 10. Johnson has the lead. Uh, but we still got questions left, including this one. This is the last one, Johnson, before final bluff. So this one's to you. Name the school with the most NCAA college football national championships. Is it Alabama? Princeton, Notre Dame, or Yale? Ugh,
1: this is tough, Scoot. I never know how to answer these questions. Um, most national championships. I'm going to say total guess: Yale.
0: That's correct. Yale has the most national championships, more than Notre Dame, more than Princeton, and uh, definitely more than Alabama.
1: So that means they got a lot of work done prior to like the common era or whatever I'd want to say, say, right? Yes. I mean, like, yes, yeah. they got a lot of work. They got a lot of work done pre World War Two, maybe. Yeah, they, right, they were. Right? Uh,
0: they were a yeah pre World War Two. They were a football juggernaut before 1955, and then okay. uh, kind of went downhill. I guess the they decided as a as a university to start focusing on academics, is what I hear. Yeah, so. crazy. Crazy, crazy that it is.
2: Or maybe some of those other academic institutions decided to start focusing on football, <laughs> which is probably more <laughs> likely. Uh, which is actually, probably you know, we're not like good it. at this academic stuff. Let's try this football.
0: <laughs> All right, correct answer there for Johnson gets him five points and he holds the lead twenty to ten uh, going into final bluff. Well, guys, as always, final bluff is worth twenty five points, and we ask you guys to buzz in for the answer, Scooty. You uh, tell us our buzzer. What you got for a buzzer? Hey, Scoot, what's your buzzer? Bing bong. Hey, Scoot's still bing bonging his way through. Uh, Johnson, what do you got for a buzzer this week? I'm going to go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Uh, Are you a Georgia fan now? Is
1: that what this is? No, we talked about the Polar Bears. Uh, Martinsburg won their ninth uh,
0: state title this weekend. They took down the Highlanders. I see. I see. So uh, we go Bulldogs. All right. Go, so a little bit. Look at, uh, John, Johnson and I, we have a connection to high school football. We like uh, West Virginia, some West yeah, Virginia I high school football. I do. I fancy it. Yes, yes. I like it. All right. Here we go. Final bluff 25 points. You guys got to buzz in uh, to get the right answer. Of West Virginia's 38 bowl appearances, what bowl have they played in the most? Is it the Liberty Bowl, the Peach Bowl? the gator bowl or the sugar bowl bing, bing bong. bong. man you guys every week now we're getting uh close. we have to go back to the instant replay here see so what we find out bing bong. Bong. Uh, i i got johnson johnson you came in uh first this week on this one all right uh johnson so uh, what's your guess liberty peach gator or sugar i'm going to go gator that's correct for 25 points and the win the Gator Bowl seven times. Seven times West Virginia has played in the Gator Bowl. Peach Bowl is a close second with four times uh, in there. So that's a uh, that's a good a lot of Gator Bowls there, John. That's a it's a lot of trips to Jacksonville, Scoot. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Florida Bowl games. And most of those most of those have been uh, most of those Gator Bowls have been aren't, aren't most of the bowls in Florida anyways? Florida or Texas uh, or Arizona? Um, most of those Gator Bowls have been since like '89. Like I've yeah, like the, the, a lot of them right have been since '99. Well,
1: I know one was like '82. A yep. few in the '80s. I think most recently, I think most recently we got beat up by Maryland. 2010
0: was the last time we were in the Gator Bowl. That was uh, against oh the against Seminoles. Florida State. Yeah, yeah,
1: that was Bobby Bowden's uh, swan song, right? Yes, Didn't he? yes, it was. Yeah, okay, all right, yeah.
0: So, but Johnson, congratulations! You win forty-five to ten over Scoot and uh, tie it back up coming down to the home stretch here, thirteen games apiece. Scooty, are you are you nervous? Only no, uh, two, no, come <laughs> on,
2: come on. Only the only way more. I'm nervous <laughs> is uh, if Cloney continues to skew the questions towards Johnson.
0: Good job, Clone. I'm just saying, there's only three more bluff the fluffs left. So, Cloney,
2: my uh, coffee is getting cold.
0: I'm just the. I mean, you're just going down to the wire here, guys. Keeping it close. There's no uh, no definite winner. So uh, we'll see what happens. Well, listen, guys. Let's take a break. We're coming back with a segment we haven't done in a while. It's a segment where we let Scooty play on the internet. We like to call it. I can't believe my ears. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On.
2: Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives.
0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to Got Your Ears on. Glido here along with Scoot. And Johnson. And hey, listen, don't forget, check out our website. It's kind of like the hub of everything about us, right, Johnson? It is the hub. You can go to gotyourearson.com and find the latest
1: blog post with all the show notes of stuff we talked about on this week's episode. You can also click the tune-in link right in the sidebar to start listening to the show. And don't forget, we're still selling uh pullover guy. Shirts, if you click through to the merch store and part of your purchase is donated to the Hugs
0: Fish Fry. So don't forget that. Check it out. Yeah, check it out, gotyourearson.com. Pick up your pullover guy shirt or your Neil Lasso shirt, one of those shirts. And uh everything sold, three dollars, everything, no matter what it is. Buy a sticker, buy a shirt, buy a buy a pint glass, three dollars gets donated to the Bob Huggins Fish Fry. So check it out, got your Well, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, so he probably has a lot to get off of his chest and talk about. Uh, we let Scooty go out on the Internet. He finds something interesting, and he brings it back to us, and it's a little segment we like to call I Can't Believe My Ears. What do you got for us this week, Scooty? Okay,
2: fellas, this um, story uh, hits a couple of areas that uh, are close to home for you guys. Okay, um, Both of you now, maybe not so much you right now, Guido, but both of you are cat lovers.
0: I mean, the, and cat owners, right? I think we should qualify this. I, I, I'm I currently not a cat owner. The cat uh, died. Uh, not necessarily a cat lover. Uh, everybody else in my family is. I don't necessarily love the cats. I love, cat. okay. I love my cat. <laughs> Johnson's a cat and lover. Love okay, I, he, so maybe I this love is, my cat.
2: This story might be more in, in line. Johnson might uh, feel a, a kinship. To the person I'm about to talk about,
1: let the record show Guido that I have now been set up properly for yeah. whatever <laughs> is to come.
0: Okay, um, big cat lady joke
2: coming. Now, both of you guys uh, recently have flown, right? You, you're yes, both on yes. airplanes here recently, right? Um, have you ever traveled with a pet on a plane? Uh, no. no, no, I have not. Straight I have. have not I have. Experience. Yes, I have, and it's very odd. It was a. You felt like it was a delight. Right. Uh, it was. It's very. Str- I don't know if I felt it was a delight, but it was very strange. Like to carry an animal onto a plane and, and walk around. It was a very small dog, uh, and to have to like stuff the dog below Did the you, seat in uh, front of me. You put it odd. in your. I'm assuming you put it in your man bag. Uh, no, it was a a carrier, a a uh, airline approved carrier. So okay. um, not in my man bag. All right. Is but it, anyway. was it
0: uh, Vera Bradley? Was it a Vera no, Bradley? No, listen. This
2: is, the right. story is getting off track here, fellas. The story <laughs> okay, is here recently a, a lady on a Delta flight okay. um, was traveling with a pet. Uh, this happened to be a cat. Okay. And um, mid-flight she began to breastfeed her cat.
0: What? Uh, wait, hold on. Uh, what no?
2: What? And refuse to stop after getting this caught. This
0: is not possible. This is this is not a true this is made up. There's so, no way.
2: I mean, I know you guys are cat lovers. Is this something you guys <laughs> would be willing Johnson, to do? Johnson, have nipple? you ever breastfed your cat? <laughs> what is it, Skewed? I have nipples. Would uh, you milk
1: right? me? Would <laughs> you milk me? Uh
2: yeah, just his little his little uh now, anyway. I'm so a, disappointed that between, people listening uh, Syracuse, cannot see
1: your hand motions of like like wink, like wink, wink, like uh <laughs> like milking a cow. I can't, I'm so sorry people can't see that
2: in real time. I was I was playing out the um the Gaylord Fokker role of uh, Ben by Ben Stiller. Yes. Anyway, uh Syracuse, New York to Atlanta, Georgia, a Delta flight. You guys don't fly Delta, do you?
0: Uh, not now. Definitely not now. They won't let you breastfeed your cat on that airline. Uh, we should have
1: known they were from Syracuse, though, right? We I should mean, have known.
2: You think that that's a cat cat friendly area?
1: Well, why I have so many questions. I'm hoping you're going to answer a few. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, just why?
2: Oh. What like what? Um, I'm going to guess it was thirsty?
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: I don't know. Um what Eight, kind of cat uh, was
0: it, Scoot? Do we know the uh, type a of cat? hairless
2: cat. I believe the cat was a hairless cat. That makes it
0: weirder. I Weird. didn't think it could get, I didn't think that part could get weirder. And you uh, just made here's it weirder. A quote.
2: I guess this was a TikTok. Somebody put it on TikTok. But um, uh, this woman had one of those like hairless cats swaddled, swaddled up in a blanket. So it looked like a baby. Her shirt was up and she was trying to get the cat to latch. And she wouldn't put the cat back in the carrier. And the cat was screaming for its life.
1: I'm now going to be looking this up on TikTok. I know where this is going.
2: Uh, like, so this,
1: this is going to be one of those things where I'm like, this can't be real. And then I'm going to find it.
2: And then, of course, this TikToker, uh, this witness said, what does she do at home if she's doing that in public? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, security met the flight. And told her that she couldn't do that because it was weird and gross.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is this illegal? No, it's just weird and gross and you have to stop. uh, What's the weirdest
2: thing you guys have ever seen on a plane?
1: Well, do you know (laughs) what, Scoot? It makes me wonder, though the next time the next time i'm on a flight am i gonna get the like here's where the exits are the aisle will be lighted and oh by the way don't breastfeed your cat like I, am i gonna get might. that now in the pre-flight
2: Southwest might give you something like that they give you kind of a strange uh, uh, <laughs> flight attendance right yes um i i've been on some strange flights um most of my stories, though, of, like, strange occurrences tend to circle around uh strangers completely s- trying to sleep on me, which I don't appreciate. But um I've not, not seen anything. I've, I've flown one time with a lady who acted as if the plane was going to plummet into the Atlantic Ocean, even though we weren't going over the Atlantic Ocean. Um, she acted as if, like, uh, the flight was coming to an end and there was, like, zero problems with the flight. But she was, like... Crying and kind of rocking herself back and forth and talking to herself the whole time, so that was a little odd. But no, no cats being milked yeah. or fed,
0: <laughs> fed, breastfed cats. Well, and what, do you, what do you do, Scooty, if you're the person that's sitting and you, you know, she's in seat thirteen A. I think I say something. B. Like, do you I say think something? I say
2: something? I think I say. First of all, I probably say, "Oh my god, what are you doing?" <laughs> Secondly, I say, "Listen." i don't know what's going on here but this is not the place this is not the place <laughs> like
0: that is insane i i'd, I'd love it i'd that'd be the best thing if you were right next to the crazy cat i, I mean maybe i there.
2: talk to the person across the aisle from me and be like hey <laughs> you give am i really seeing what i think y- yeah, i'm seeing you give him like, a little
0: like hey am i really am
2: i seeing this like is this seeing like this? me Are you seeing like this? am i delirious so nothing weird for you guys on any flights? You
1: no, know, I think the only – like I used to um, fly to Europe a lot. and I, One time I flew into Vienna. They lost my luggage. And the weirdest thing, they handed me – they were like, no, you're fine. We've got you. We got you covered. They handed me this bag of stuff, like care package. It was one of those Bic uh, throwaway razors that you, you, know, you could shave with like a blowtorch and be better off versus yes. using that. And then a white T-shirt triple X – and they were like, you're good. That's all you need. And I was like, what? No, I'm not good. I need you to find my – so that was the only weird thing I can think of off the top of my head. Nothing nothing, remotely close to what you just described on a flight, no.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I can't even process in my brain. I mean, I'm sure weird things have happened to me on a flight. Uh, I saw a World Series ring once on a flight. That's not nice. that weird, though. That's, that's kind of cool. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, uh, yeah, no, nobody doing weird stuff like that at least. <laughs> so, that's crazy. One, Scoot. Uh, I hope she. Uh, I wonder if Delta does like Delta not let her ever fly again. Does she get like banned I mean, from Delta? Yeah. Do you get put on a list? Right.
2: I don't. I don't really know the
0: answer to that. Um, I mean, I feel like that's an. I feel like that puts you on a no-fly list. Yeah, me I mean, too. yeah, you know, terrorist activities. Breastfeeding cat. Those yeah. are two no fly I feel lists. like it's you know, an A B. Sleeping on Scooty. That's three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right, Scoot. Well, thanks for finding us. Uh, whatever that was, I don't even know. I don't even know how to process uh, that person's issues. Well, well, I I cannot believe my ears hearing you say I, that,
2: Scoot. Great. Would you say the cat's got your tongue? Cat's got
0: your. Oh, there he goes. There he goes. Cat's got your cat's got your breast. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> As they say in Syracuse, cat's say, got depressed. As, as they as, say in Syracuse. As
1: the old saying goes in Syracuse. <laughs> cat won't latch.
2: <laughs> cat won't latch. That cat won't latch. You know like that you dog won't. Somebody says that dog
1: won't hunt. In Syracuse they say
2: that cat won't latch. That's
0: what we're gonna do now. Like that won't work. That cat won't latch. Oh man. That's that's hilarious. Well, listen, guys, uh, thanks for listening this week. WVU basketball has two games this week, Wednesday against Connecticut at 7 p.m. in the Coliseum. That game is on ESPN2. And then an awesome Sunday 4 p.m. game against Kent State, also in the Coliseum. That game is also on ESPN, too. So definitely get a a chance, check it out, watch that WVU basketball. And uh, congratulations to WVU football going to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl against Minnesota December 28th at 10.15 p.m. kickoff time. So uh, make sure you let Grandpa take a nap during the day so he can watch the game. And uh, we'll break that down along with other things next week. Hey, we might even bring on a special guest from Minnesota to help us understand what a golden gopher is so i think we can make that happen right johnson yeah booked and confirmed all right well listen uh we'll be back next week with another show thanks for listening everybody don't forget find us online look for us on instagram or twitter you can find us at got your ears you can also search for us we're on facebook too and check out our website gotyourearson.com thanks for listening guys we'll be back next week you've been listening to got your ears on